0: What's up everybody it's power rankings podcast aka the power ranking show i'm your host elliot harrison and i'm here on this wednesday with uh you know kind of a pensive at marcus underscore mosher hello sir
1: Elliot, how are you doing today
0: i'm uh i'm actually really good i have a couple things on my mind um i'm a little hyper i didn't work out today uh because i don't have like all these gyms around me, like you do, where one pumps iron. Because I know everyone pumps iron where you live.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Because you know I, what,
0: you're all alphas. Isn't yeah. that the new thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. You no be an alpha, here. Bro. Uh, I'm excited. It's a, it's a fun week. We've got Senior Bowl stuff coming up, Shrine Game stuff coming up. I'm just excited that the football season's over and we can look forward to the off season. Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> we also have some picks to do today. <laughs> oh, there's other games this week. I thought the football season was over after last yeah. week. Yeah. Uh didn't somebody drop out of the senior bowl that you're kind of disappointed. Yeah, but about? it's it's fine. It's one of the top cornerbacks, Devin Witherspoon. But we'll get I mean, listen, that's what I'm gonna be paying attention to this weekend, not football.
0: <laughs> of course. Anything else on your, your football mind?
1: Today? Uh nothing? No, that's it. <laughs> I don't I don't uh it's a depressing time of the year for Cowboy fans. The first two or three days after a heartbreaking playoff loss. you just needed needed some time to cope. That's all. I'll be fine.
0: What'd you think of that Tom Brady thing with Jim Gray getting upset about being asked uh,
1: Uh, about his off
0: season plans? I mean, it's kind of weird, isn't it? You do a podcast with a guy and then get angry for him to ask the very question that everybody is probably wondering about his career. I'm I'm more interested in this the, his his movie that's coming out. Have you seen the previews for his new movie? I have. I'm a big Sally Field fan. She was great oh, big... in Places in the Heart. She was great in Lincoln. Forrest um, Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah, I mean, uh, how could you not? I've heard for older listeners, Smokey and the Bandit. Although I'm, I tried to rewatch Smokey and the Bandit, it did not have a high rewatchability.
1: By uh, the way, I, I was. I, if you haven't seen, there's this movie coming out called 80 for Brady, which is like. I think I'll read the description Four best best friends live life to the fullest when they embark on a wild trip to see their hero, Tom Brady, play in the Super Bowl. Uh, I saw the trailer the other day. And I'm thinking, who is this movie for? Like, who is going? Are sports fans going out to watch this movie? And then my mom came over to watch The Bachelor and she said, oh, I'm really excited to see that new Brady movie. I'm like, there you go. That's exactly who the movie is for is my mom. <laughs> I mean, why can't you combine lifetime and football? It just doesn't last work. time you watched a good Lifetime movie, Marcus. I mean, I watched a ridiculous amount of Hallmark Christmas movies, so I listen, I get it.
0: Lifetime's a little different than the Hallmark Christmas movies. Uh, I know there's been a lot of controversy about these channels, I think it was Hallmark that had a lot of controversy a while back. We don't really talk about such matters in our podcast, partially because I couldn't tell you the last time I watched a Hallmark movie. Uh, I take it bad Santa I was not one of the Christmas movies you watched on the Hallmark channel. <laughs> no, but that was a couple channels down, but I did enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah. See, that's one of the ones that would be if TNT did movies for guys that like movie week, except for Christmas. I think that one would be on there. Die Hard, I'm, right?
1: <laughs> What's that? Die Hard would be on there. Jingle all the way. Die, I haven't seen Jingle all the way, but Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh,
0: there's it, just too much. Christmas. We're stuff officially a month past Christmas. We're still talking about Christmas movies. Well, that's okay. Whoa, well, well, what would you rather talk about? You know, you want to talk I about would,
1: Valentine's Day? No, I would rather rank the Bachelor contestants that I watched last night. That sounds better than ranking teams. I mean, you
0: want to talk about a Hallmark holiday, <laughs> Valentine's Day? I've never been a Valentine's Day guy. Sorry. Call me curmudgeoning Carl. That's fine. Or just single Sam. I guess that would be fair, huh? Sure. Uh, stupid Sam, maybe in my case. But either way, uh, there's that. Um, I have a couple suggestions for football fans going forward, people that feel like Marcus, but we do have games to get to. And uh, I guess we'll start with the NFC championship, which is going to be the early game,
1: right, mm-hmm. on Sunday? It is. Um, we've got the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles kick off at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Eagles, two and a half point favorites at home.
0: So this is interesting. I would have thought the Eagles would have been favored by at least three, if not three and a half. So I'm a little surprised. Has there been movement on that? Did you happen to check that on on
1: Monday? That's been pretty steady all week long. Mm, 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 mm.
0: You know, I love the way the 49ers play ball, but I'm thinking the Eagles are going to win this game by a
1: field goal. That's my lean as well. I, The 49ers defense is so good, but I just don't know how they're going to handle a mobile quarterback on top of a running game and a defense that can actually, or excuse me, an offense that can throw the ball down the sidelines. Like that's where they can be exposed a little bit. I think the 49ers will be able to hang, but if this game gets to be where Eagles are up by 10, I just don't see Brock Purdy being able to win that type of game.
0: Boy, it's hard to go against that guy. Uh, you know,
1: know. We, we say that and then watch him bring him right down the field and do it's exactly just they, what you said. They really haven't had to have a game yet where they've been down by a touchdown. You know, in the fourth quarter, and he needs to have a drive. That just hasn't been what they've had yet.
0: This is also the best team they played. Uh, right. uh, you know, I, I, that was the thought on. Uh, sorry, I just washed my hair. And it keeps flicking in front of me. Um, that was the t- thought about Dallas. I have a couple of reverse Forty Nine er things here. Different. One of the things – well, there's two things that we talk about with the 49ers a lot. Um, actually, three when you really uh, get into it. One of the first things that people talk about with the 49ers is that um, after you play these guys, you're beat up. You know, it's it's a physical game. I got to think the 49ers are more beat up than the Eagles are oh, heck, after yeah. last week because Dallas's defense, their front seven took it to them took it to them all day as did the Cowboys offensive line, which had a very good game. I don't think the giants imposed their will on Philadelphia at all. So that's, that's the first thing I think about. The second thing I think about is a lot of people have talked about how the 49ers really went for it this year by going and getting Christian McCaffrey. The Eagles started going for it deep in the, uh, this past
1: off season. Wouldn't you say? Oh yeah. I. Th- this is a matchup between the two best rosters in the league, but Man, the Eagles just are so much healthier right now. I saw today, they don't have a single person on their injury report. And for the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey's dealing with the calf injury. He didn't practice deep ball. Samuel has a, a rolled ankle. He didn't practice. It just one of the, this is the advantage of having that first buy or that the the buy in the playoffs is you're just typically a lot healthier. Right. So like I said, the first thing is
0: people talk about teams that play the 49ers being beat up, but you just pointed that out that it's actually the Niners. People talk about the Niners went for it this offseason or this season. The Eagles went for it way back in the offseason. But the last thing is, I think you and I have both been saying this for a while, that the 49ers are kind of the, the scariest matchup that you're worried about, that they're a bad matchup for so many of these teams. Mm -hmm. I actually think Philadelphia is a bad matchup for San Francisco. And the reason I feel that way, yeah, is I hundred percent
1: agree. Yep. Go ahead.
0: As I said, I think one of the bright spots uh, of their opponent last week is Dallas's offensive line held the fort very well. Not saying Dak wasn't under some pressure. He was under some pressure, but not what most people were expecting. If you can't impose your will, and this is your strength against the Cowboys offensive line, now you're going up against an offensive line that might be the best unit in the league. It's certainly, in my mind, the top two best mm-hmm. units in the league. Um, if they don't get to Jalen Hurts, man, I think this game is
1: over. Uh yeah, that that's that's a big part of it. The the receivers last week San Francisco could really key in on CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee caught a million passes, but only for like 110 yards. Nobody else scared San Francisco's defensive backs. That's just not going to be the case in this game. Not only do they have two really good receivers, they've got a more dynamic tight end, Dallas Goddard. And they've got a quarterback that can make plays with his legs. I think the 49ers are going to be in a little bit of trouble here.
0: Also, you had a quarterback last week who I know everyone's uh, everyone in Dallas here is still bashing the guy. Um, and and he, he he played bad. But it was a uh, uncharacteristic bad game from him. I don't think you can bank on getting an uncharacteristic bad game again from the opposing quarterback, unless you're just lucky or the pressure gets to Jalen hurts, you know, the playoff pressure. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think last week was a little bit of an anomaly. I agree. The 49ers defense, not taking anything away from the 49ers defense, but they got let off the hook a little bit, uh, with some bad throws and whatnot and bad decisions. Um, the Eagles may not have to make though that, uh, excuse me, Jalen Hurts may not have to make some of those decisions either, Marcus, because frankly, uh, first of all, Tony Pollard got hurt last week. The Eagles running backs are going to be healthy and they may mm-hmm. be able to run the ball more effectively.
1: I would agree. So how does San Fran, San Fran win this game? Because we've been talking about all these reasons why the Eagles can win this game. What does San Fran have to do? They, they probably need to make sure that they limit Philadelphia's run game and just get Jalen Hurts into obvious passing situations. If they can do that, I think they'll have a chance.
0: Yeah, so then that goes to the offense, right? Um, I think at first, early in the game, I think the Eagles are going to expect the 49ers to run the ball. And I think that's the way the 49ers win this game is to run right out the Eagles' front. Now, I know they went and got Sue. I know they have Cox. um, And, of course, they have Hargrave. But I'll tell you, you know, Cox and Sue are older players, Mm-hmm. If you can go time and time again and don't give up on it, I think you can impose your will there. But early, first or second drive, I'd come out really aggressive because I think the Eagles are expecting them to go power yeah. on them, wouldn't you say? Go yeah, play was, action and t- lot, take
1: some shots. A lot of play action, a lot of throws to the sideline, make their corners tackle. Like I know Darius Slay and Bradbury are awesome players, but make those guys tackle over and over again. That's how you you just stay in this game. And the longer that you stay in this game, the better chance that you're going to have.
0: Yeah, look, nobody wants to to tackle Debo and Kittle anyway. No, no, <laughs> so no. And, and it's also fair saying, I know this is kind of an old cliche, but how about use the pass to set up the run? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really what, what I'm talking about here. Uh, obviously, Robbie Gold needs to make his kicks. Not that he won't, but this is not a game they can afford anything like that. Um, with the Eagles being at home, I think the 49ers are going to have to play a little bit more perfect game. Um, that's, that's just the long and short of it. And, um, other than that, really, the only thing that sticks in my mind is I know Brock Purdy likes to buy a lot of time and run around, especially against Seattle better be really careful with these defensive backs as well as their pressure that you need to recognize that there's going to be a guy coming up behind you. When you think you have time, you don't have time. Um, I'd like to see Purdy actually take off and run as opposed to waiting for the last second to get that ball down the field.
1: By the way, the total for this game, 46 and a half. I would be inclined to bet the under.
0: Oh, man, that's a good total. Because
1: um, I think we get like a 23-17 type of game.
0: Do we know what the weather is going to be like in Philly on Sunday?
1: Um, because it's, I think it's going to be colder. I don't think we're expecting any snow or rain, but just colder.
0: I think I'm more inclined to take the Eagles since they're only favored by two and a half than to to bet an over under on this. Do you like the yeah. under better than taking the Eagles?
1: No, I like the Eagles to cover that spread. I I think they're going to win this game pretty easily. All right, let's go to the uh, evening game. Okay, I was I almost was going to say, what do we got? Bengals, Chiefs. Yeah, um, I'm going to let you guess the spread on this one.
0: I think the Bengals should be favored. I do. I know Kansas City's at home. Um, but I don't I think the Bengals were more impressive. So I'm gonna tell you what I would have the spread at first. I would have Cincinnati uh favored by three. Mm. But I don't think Vegas is that bold. I don't. So I think Mm. Vegas actually went Kansas City is one and a half too weird of spread.
1: No. But I think it's Kansas City by two and a half.
0: That's what Vegas has.
1: So a uh, couple things really quickly. Patrick Mahomes practiced fully today. There's some video of him sprinting on the field. Uh, no boot, no no wrapping. They said he he's fine. So does that change your opinion at all?
0: It doesn't change my opinion on the game that much. It does change my opinion on what the
1: spread Vegas thinks. So I'm going to go Kansas City by four and a half. Mm. So this spread started at. Bengals minus two and a half, and now it's down to Bengals by one and a half.
0: So I was right on when I when I first said Kansas City by one and a half. Doggone it! No, Um, no, it's
1: Bengals by one and a half. Oh, Bengals by one and a half. Whoa! It was Bengals minus two and a half, and now it's kind of dropped down to to minus one and a half. And I'm seeing it at minus one on most. So why did you
0: why did you react that way when I said Bengals by three is like what I would have it at? Personally,
1: that's still a lot for a a road, a road team in Arrowhead against Andy Reid to be a three point favorite. That just never happens. Bengals win
0: by three. Mm, Chiefs win by three. Why? How's it? Um, because oh, I try to back it. Out. I know this is a gut feel for you. I know you're not going to come up with any good, no, no, solid I- reason. This is so
1: good. So Cincinnati's offensive line played out of their minds last week against Buffalo. And I think the weather had partly to do with that because it was so slippery and so wet that the edges couldn't really get up the field and create any pressure. I think in Kansas City, it's going to be different. And I think with how loud it's going to be, they're going to be able to get good jumps off the line of scrimmage. They actually got some good play out of Frank Clark last week. And I just don't know how the the Chiefs, or excuse me, how the Bengals are going to be able to block Chris Jones without Alex Kappa at guard. So I think this is the game the Chiefs' defensive line dominates and uh, kind of takes over. You know, a
0: lot of people talk about Frank Clark this week because he played well. And I have some inside information. Uh, Mm. I know why he played well. Turns out that the Chiefs brought in the Bobs. And they sat down with Kansas city's brass and they said, we think you haven't challenged him enough.
1: Mm. This is a great yeah. office space. Uh, for yeah. friends, if you've never And seen they it. said,
0: Frank, <laughs> how would you feel if we like, and this is just spitball in here, <laughs> put three pass rushers underneath <laughs> you, you know?
1: <laughs> uh I think there's like a clause in Frank Clark's Like I'm not making this up that like he gets like a million dollars for every sack that he gets to the playoffs. So he was playing absolutely ridiculous last week. Wouldn't be surprised if he has another big game against Jackson Carmen.
0: I think I've told this story before. I know I've told you, but this is very relevant in 1994 championship game. It was uh, Dallas, San Francisco. And Dallas's right tackle was hurt, Eric Williams. So they had to play rookie Larry Allen, who's a Hall of Fame guard, at right tackle. But Larry Allen had a badly injured ankle. I mean, the guy couldn't move. He shouldn't have played. It should have been a guy named Ron Stone. But that's a longer story. So Larry Allen's out there playing on one leg. And the guy he's going against was named Ricky Jackson. Okay, Not only is Ricky Jackson in the Hall of Fame, but this was his contract and this was so uh, the NFL ended up making it so that the 49ers couldn't do this stuff. His base salary was $162,000 for the year. Mm -hmm. But if the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl, he got an $838,000 bonus. You have to remember, you have to remember a million dollars in 1994 was a big contract for like a veteran pass rusher. Mm -hmm. So 162 was what he was going to make unless he beat Larry Allen over and over again and got the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Then he would make a million dollars. And let me tell you, Ricky Jackson beat Larry Allen over and over again, and the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. And it was like the most unfair thing ever. We'll it was get so bad.
1: We'll get something like that from Frank Clark this weekend, I got a feeling. Exactly. Uh, I, I mean, I remember
0: Pat Summerall being like, you know, when you can't move, you shouldn't be out there. You know, like even that wasn't Pat Summerall's gig to say things like yep. that. But that—that's yep. the worst uh, example that I've ever seen. Uh, Frank Clark, I think it's fair to say, has been an inconsistent player.
1: Fair.
0: Um, there's really only one consistent player on that Kansas City front. We all know who it is. Um, I trust Joe Burrow, man. I do. I trust Joe Burrow, and I trust that Cincinnati is going to run the ball even when it doesn't work to keep the Chiefs honest. I do yep. think there's a place for it. Yeah. They've got
1: the backs to do it. Why not? Let's just be clear. You and I are both rooting for the Bengals this weekend, I think, right? I want a no, Bengals you, 49er. You I have do. mixed yeah, feelings. You have mixed feelings for do, obvious reasons. I do. I do. Um,
0: I want a Bengals Niner Super Bowl. I think it'd be rad. Uh, but that's more of a nostalgia thing. I'd like for them to play the third time. Um yeah, it's hard for me to root against the Chiefs, man. I, I'm. It's going to be like you when you were watching Cincinnati-Buffalo and you found yourself rooting for Cincinnati to convert yep. these third downs. Yep. I'm probably going to be watching Kansas City and be like, get,
1: get there. Yeah. yeah. Dang it, McKinnon.
0: Yep. Yeah. Games, McKinnon, uh, huge, huge factor in this game. I'm I not agree.
1: kidding. I agree. Uh, total, 47 and a half.
0: Actually, I think, again, that's a good total, but I'm going to go over that. I'm going to go over that. I, I could see a 28-24, even 26-24.
1: I, I, um, I'm picturing 27-24.
0: Yeah, that's 51 points. Um, I'm not good at math. I might feel more comfortable about that than I do this spread.
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game, although Cincinnati's defense has held up pretty well against Patrick Mahomes. Um Man, I, I, I'm just going to take the Chiefs as, bro, or as home underdogs with Andy Reid and Mahomes and Kelsey. I don't know how I can bet against that.
0: What? So you told me why you think Kansas City is going to win. How do you think Cincinnati would win this game?
1: By being able to get pressure with their front four, right? I don't think Orlando Brown has had a great year. And if Trey Hendrickson just wins that matchup and they're able to get pressure and they can drop all these linebackers into coverage and limit the yards after catch. I think that's how the Bengals stay in this game. They hold Kansas city to field goals. They take away the big plays. Um, I think it's going to have to be other defense. You know, I told you in the 49ers Eagles
0: game, you asked me, well, what what can the 49ers do? And I said, use the pass to set up the run. Actually, I'm going to go opposite here with Cincinnati. I'd actually like to see Cincinnati grind it early and set up, set up Joe Burrow, make Kansas city play that run. Do you, do you, does Kansas City's run defense scare you? Do you, do you think, no, oh, man, no. there's no way we can run on these guys, right? No, it, no. If you get Joe Mixon going and he's got 55 yards in the second quarter, uh, you're going to be opening things up for Joe Burrow down the field.
1: And you know that the, the Chiefs are going to be super cautious or super worried about Jamar Chase and the big plays. They're probably going to be in a lot of cover, too, because their idea would be, hey, we can handle them running the ball on us if they're not creating big chunk plays down the field. So I think you're right. I think a lot of mixing in P. Ryan early in this game is smart.
0: I also just right before you said that, I was thinking this. This might be a Hearst game.
1: Could be. He's had two really nice playoff games so far. I, you know, I'm just mean like
0: five for 62 and a touch,
1: you know, yeah. um, basically yeah, exactly nice... what he did last week. Right,
0: right. I didn't see his final numbers. I saw a couple of the big plays and the touchdown, but I don't remember what his stats were for the championship. But, um, man, I, I got to tell you, I think Vegas did its job on these games. I think these are all pretty good. I I believe that I like Philadelphia. Actually, I like the Kansas City-Cincinnati over the most out of the four things, the four major things we have to choose
1: from. What about you? I like Chiefs, Eagles, Moneyline, Parlay, plus 242. I already bet it on most on several different draft books right now. So, there you go. Do you want to explain that in English? for uh, Sure. Non- yes, thank you. I bet on the Eagles and the Chiefs to win, and that pays <laughs> out plus 242, which means you bet $100, you win $242, and I'm going to take that money and buy some more PlayStation 2 games. So, let's talk about Marcus. So,
0: during the Giants Eagles game, we didn't talk about this on our podcast uh, the other day. Marcus texted me. Actually, no, he called me and said, "Hey, one, you are, you are you watching the game?" I said, "Yeah, I'm watching the game." You're like, "You're watching the second half?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, maybe you all, you guys. I was with my brother. Maybe you guys ought to watch the second half because I think I'm just going to go in a full video game mode here." <laughs> so, which I explained,
1: uh, I went to a retro game store. Uh, in my hometown and bought a PlayStation 2 in like 12 games uh, and started playing on Saturday night. That sounded way more fun than watching Daniel Jones against the Eagles. (laughs) I I don't
0: blame you. I uh, have a little suggestion here. This is kind of my final thought of our pod here that um, I know a lot of people are disappointed. Their teams are out. Marcus is one of those people. Um, It's a good time for a little book suggestion. You know, Mm. Uh, get your football fix by uh, reading some football books. And I was in uh, a really popular used book chain here in um, Texas. And uh, there's a book called The Perfect Pass. Now, I have not read this book, but I've heard good things about it. And I did read some passages of it. It's uh, uh, it's about Mike Leach, and I forget who the other coach is, that kind of transformed. You just read me the book description a second ago that transformed the passing game, not only at the pro level, but the college level and the high school level. And it kind of was a groundswell movement, Um what was the other coach's name? Doggone it. Uh though. is it Hal Mume? Yeah. Yeah. Read the uh read the description that you read to me right offline.
1: Uh yeah, the author tells this incredible story of how Hal, whatever, and Mike Leach, two unknown coaches who revolutionized American football in the eighties, nineties, and two thousands, changed the way the game is played at every level from high school to the NFL.
0: I love I, what I like about a book like this is it gives you some context and background to scheme because you have all these people on Twitter. They're like posting X's and O's and stuff. And, you know, to really understand scheme, you really need to understand the foundations of what these coaches are trying to accomplish. You know, it's easy uh-huh. to say, Oh, they run a West coast offense. Well, what does that mean? You know, right. what's, what's the origins of that? Um, another book, um, well there's there's a couple of books but if you want to read something in NFL history because I talk about NFL history all the time. I don't know if I've recommended this on our podcast before if I have it's been over a year. Um America's game by Michael McCambridge. It came mm-hmm. out in 2004. Did you ever read this one? I did. I had, It was one of my first books I ever bought on Kindle. And what would you think? It's very very good.
1: Please go ahead and explain it though.
0: Yeah, the Michael McCambridge kind of takes different eras of the NFL <clears throat> and explains in somewhat linear fashion, how the NFL became what it did. But it's not just a like a reference book where we're saying, hey, man, the Bears in the 40s were good. The Browns in the 50s were good. The Packers in the 60s were good. You know how that game goes. Right. Steelers, yeah. 70s, Niners, 80s. That's how a lot of these NFL history books go. They're more reference, and they're a little bit dry. This is more a narrative, and it talks about how marketing, how NFL films, and decisions by an imperfect cast of characters and the owners uh, were able to kind of thrust the NFL into the limelight in the late sixties and some stuff you may not know, but it's really well written, especially the sections on how the Rams change scouting. I think you would find that really mm-hmm. interesting. If, if you don't uh, remember that it's a book I'd like to reread my third book. I know that I've recommended this before on the podcast, but I'm going to give it another shout out. Uh, Jeff Perlman, who I know has a book on Bo Jackson out. A lot of you guys have probably already heard about that. Um, it's already people are already talking about how good it is, but um, I still think football for a buck is a book you have to check out. If you just want a light, fun read about a league that folded in the '80s and now has been brought back, and they're going to resume playing right in mm-hmm. April, been seeing uh, the yeah. commercials like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Soon, I can't, I cannot re- recommend football for a buck enough. Jeff's a great writer; he's a good guy. And he really, the thing I like about Jeff so much is Jeff does not only the research, but he goes and finds these people. He'll find that weird defensive end that played for the Los Angeles Express and ask him random questions and get great stories. And uh, the chapter on the most upside down USFL team was my favorite, the San Antonio gunslingers that were so bad. Their quarterback was Rick Neuheisel, who what new new Heisel coached what UCLA and Colorado? I think so. Right? Yep, you're the college football guy. I trust you on these things. Um, I was impressed. I was able to name three Kentucky yeah, quarterbacks. Heck yeah. Who did I miss, by the way? Who did I when I was naming Kentucky quarterbacks? Uh, Will Levis, the maybe
1: the number one pick in this year's draft.
0: Oh, not Will Greer, who a lot of people want to be the Cowboys starter now.
1: No, not Will Greer, <laughs> not yet, at least. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, so those are three books. uh, The Perfect Pass, uh, America's Game by Michael McCambridge, and Football for a Buck by Jeff Perlman. Who wrote uh, Perfect Pass?
1: Uh, Oh, man, I lost it now. Oh, you lost it. Okay,
0: that's all right. Sorry. No worries. Anyway, those are my final thoughts. It's a great way to get your football S.C. Gwynn. S.C. Gwynn. S.C. Gwynn. Okay, I'm not familiar with Mm S.C. Gwynn. But look, there's not a lot going on in February. We've got some coaches moves. You're going to have the combine at the very end of the month. But if you need your football fix, um, you know, after the playoffs are over, that's my suggestion. Why are you smirking?
1: Or just do what I do. Just go buy an old NFL football game, 2K3. Uh, so that way you can play with <laughs> Antonio Bryant and Quincy Carter. Relive the, the golden days. And throw it to Dan Campbell. You bet you I can. Ran yeah, a little bit with you... Avion Case on this morning. Setting yeah. up the franchise. <laughs> Who would you play against? Who was your opponent? Uh, It was uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which were very, very good back in the day. So Warren Sapp was like one of the most unstoppable players in the game.
0: Bucks beat the Cowboys in 03 in Tampa. Uh, I think you should have them play the Panthers. So after you win, you can go to your wife, you go upstairs and say, you can't call them losers anymore. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's a good idea. Or
0: you you play the Giants and you uh, control Zuriel Smith as the kick returner and watch the ball.
1: I, I can't i can't imagine what the listeners are thinking right now this guy watches yeah. bachelor plays 20 yeah. year old video games this is his life you betcha yeah
0: we were going to do some movie reviews until marcus recommended failure to launch <laughs> so that movie review kind of mixed that yeah yeah failure to launch that um so anyway uh your final thoughts sir do you want to pull a football card is my final thought yeah i do right, i do bye. let's do it we'd go 83 tops I don't know why I yelled that.
1: I got to pick one that's not a rookie card. Nothing,
0: nothing like dead air on a podcast, everybody. So if you guys are driving around, listen to Loverboy live from, you know, Budokan or whatever. I hope traffic is.
1: Cards. I, I got to find one that's not a rookie card. All right, we Yeah. I don't even know oh, what okay. Budokan is. I, I just heard one. that one. I, Sorry, they yeah. were all rookie cards for like this year. Nobody wants that. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. What do we got? Jim Otto,
0: 75 tops, double zero, Hall of Fame center. Uh, played all the way until 1975. He played like 61 to 75, I
1: think. Uh, uh, that's that's what the back of the card looks like for those watching on YouTube.
0: Yeah, yeah, 75 tops. Um, how do you feel about double zero as a number?
1: I uh, see. I was going to ask you that. I actually really like it. It was really, it's really cool. Uh, by the there way, there are only
0: two guys I know that wore that that number. Uh, they both played in the 70s who's the other i only know Otto. his name was uh ken burrow he was a wide receiver for the um the oilers uh he caught like i want to say eight touchdowns in 1975 and all of them went for over 50 yards (laughs) every Uh, single one of them but jim Otto, man dude he played until 1975 and the raiders never won the super bowl and then 1976 they won it so i kind of feel uh bad for the guy but he worked for the raiders organization for years and He's one of the all-time greatest. He's on the All-100 team, I'm almost sure of it, that mm-hmm. they just did on NFL Network a couple of years ago. So uh, it's not a bad card to pull. Uh,
1: I, I was looking at his size in the back, 6'2", 255. Uh, what position would Jim Otto have to play now in the NFL with his with that size? The the most comparable guy that I found size-wise, Kyle Huszczyk.
0: Yeah, I don't, Juszczyk doesn't look that big to me. I know. Uh, he looks more like 245 to me. I think he's probably a little trimmer. Um, sometimes these guys trim up just from playing and practicing or they want to be faster for the playoffs. Honestly, I think center. Uh, you know, uh, Mark Stepnoski was probably only 260-something. And uh, Mark Stepnowski played with 330-pounders. And Eric Williams and Larry Allen and Mark Stepnowski made multiple Pro Bowls. Not only with Dallas, I think he made the Pro Bowl with Tennessee. As well. Maybe you don't think a center could play at
1: 260. Mm, it's pretty light. Maybe he's one of these like blocking tight ends, like we've seen. Like I think Irv Smith is like 6'2, 250.
0: I just don't know if I want Jim Otto running a seven yard slant. For well, me I'm
1: saying like size When I need it. it. If you're 6'2, 255, that's it's almost too big to be a linebacker in today's NFL. You probably have to be like one of these H slash fullbacks it's really just a blocker
0: well before we go off the deep end i would say just look buy the guy a weight bench and a shake weight and uh you know buy him some uh you know creatine yeah and maybe he be could get alpha a, yeah <laughs> yeah he could be an alpha yeah protein powder <laughs> yeah whatever that is everyone go out and mow, mow your lawn you'll feel like an alpha sounds great i think that's enough for us we're today good. so yeah, uh marcus and i to review what we've got, uh, what what do we do? We did uh, we, we both, Philadelphia. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: we like Philadelphia to win outright. You like the you like the over in the Chiefs Bengals. I like the Chiefs just to win. You like the Bengals to win. Um, should be a fun week of football. And we're recommending walk away
0: from the total on Niners yes. Eagles. Yes. Yeah. All right. That sounds good to me. All right. So that's our podcast for the day. Hope you guys enjoy those books or find one of those books. Uh, they'll be well worth well worth your time, as would listening to Locked On Cowboys with Marcus Mosher and Landon McCool. Landon, big, big follower of our podcast. Uh, so shout out to Landon. Shout also, to Landon. Marcus covers the Raiders for USA Today. He's been really busy with that, except not at all. He writes for ProFootballFocus.com. I am at Harrison NFL on Twitter. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. We appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll see you soon. Enjoy your football weekend, everybody. Take care.